Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What's up, everybody? It's Joe Lapumer. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. As always, I am with my guy, Mr. Matt Welty. We're not in person this time, but it's still the same feeling. And he still has that hair that everyone was commenting about on his inst- on the Instagram, on the YouTube, and of course, someone whose hair has never wavered, Mr. Brendan Dunn. Here we are, snowed in, we're stuck, but we're together, uh, even we still. Are- no Edward? Yes, that's okay. First good, first good joke of the podcast. We're getting it in very early. We are snowed in. I did take, did you guys go outside yesterday? I took a stroll today. In the morning How before was it? it was snowing. It was fine. The the I'll tell you, the streets are pretty clear around me. Not for me. I did pull out the Danner boots yesterday to walk to, over to the grocery store and get some supplies. I think I'm good for the next couple of days. Uh, otherwise, I'm not trying to go outside too much, which, as it turns out, is just like my regular life, not going outside oh. too much. How much spaghetti and fake sausage did you buy? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> Listen, he's getting real Italian. Did you see that ad with the pizza? We gotta talk about that. Yeah, we will. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, we are. Yeah, we're stocked up. It was good to lace up the ACG uh, Mountain Fly Gore Tex. Really getting. Remember, I said it was a tough wear. I'm really getting my uh, money's worth out of that. Beating those up. Did you see the low top ones, Joe? Ooh, I like those. No, I didn't. Maybe put like that those. in the it's chat. It's like a Haven exclusive or something. Some store in Canada has the exclusive on them. There's an all black Haven pair. Yep. I ordered those from Haven. I emailed the guy. <laughs> so, sorry. Joe said sorry. he doesn't have Wait, them. And then... Sorry, that's the same name? Gore, like It looks like a totally different shoe. It doesn't have the boot on it. It does look like a totally different shoe. I agree okay. with you on that, Joe. So my bad, but I did order that. Shouts to Haven. Uh, I think only like 300 pairs made, but I sent that invoice Saturday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got those. So mm-hmm. how we feeling? It's been a very interesting week on the internet. We had our live stream. Yeah. I think it did good. It was good to see you guys. It was great to be in the office. I will say the live stream, I told you guys, was a little distracting. You guys are more senior in the live stream game than me. I was reading the comments and then flipping to you guys. So It's a lot of stuff to pay attention to at one time. If you want a free book, if, if your name was said and we were going to send you a free book that we all signed, people will be reaching out. If you DM me, I'm not going to be the person personally shipping and taping up the box. There, there are other people who are going to handle that stuff, and, and we will get you the book. Yes, we absolutely will. But the live stream was good. It was great to see you guys in person. I like that set. Uh, shouts to, to, our, to everyone on production and art and, and graphics who worked on that. Mm-hmm. And it was good to, it was good. It was a good test run of our first video. 
and that's on YouTube right now if you guys want to check it out, uh, the, the Complex live stream from, from last week. And, uh, you know, I said that last week was interesting. Before the live stream, I thought it was going to be a chill week. And yeah. then the guy to my right decided to write a, an article on the internet <laughs> that you guys definitely knew about. I, I didn't know about. I'm not, uh, listen, I'm not backing out of anything, but, you know, sometimes I'm just scrolling the slack and, and enjoying my day. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the mentions leak to me and I have no idea what's going on. But I think you guys could talk to that more so, especially you, Mr. Matt Welty. This past week, I wrote a story. Um, we put it out, um, Complex Sneakers on how to use a bot. Um, I know bots are a very controversial topic in sneakers. We gave kind of uh, preliminary information from someone who's very deep in the bot game who happens to be a good friend of mine, not because of bots, just happens to be a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you guys just having drinks over bot talk. <laughs> yeah, it happens to be a... You're not a botter, is that correct, Wilkie? No, I'm not a botter at all. It just happens to be brother of a close friend of mine. And over the summer, had like a long conversation with them about how everything works. And Complex have been planning on doing a story kind of behind the scenes, explained by mm -hmm. a botter on how mm -hmm. these things work. It was just kind of like an explanation from someone who does bots on how to use a bot. Cause they're a lot more complex, no pun intended, these days than people think that they are. It's not just you buy one bot and all of a sudden you get every single sneaker that you want. That's not how these things work. So the person I think that Brendan had originally spoken to had wrote a whole story and then didn't yeah. want their didn't want their name on it. Cause I think Business Insider they backed had out of it. That's right. They had backed out of it. So I was like, hey, I know a guy who, who does this. And Joe, why are you chuckling? It's just, I know a guy, like, he's in, the, like, he's in some Jersey, other Jersey organization. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go I know ahead. a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. And, you know, he told everyone how bots work in his own words. And we put the story out of him explaining how these things work. And my God. The vitriol of people on the internet for explaining how bots work was the most insane I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I think you guys came at it from the angle like this occurs and not many people know how this works. To be honest, I had no idea how it works. So it was kind of, even though it was definitely looked down upon by traditionalists, I guess I would say, uh, the story got had a lot of legs because it was one of those stories that people were definitely reading and it was controversial but i feel like you know i don't want to talk for you guys it feels like you you guys felt that it was important to tell that story yeah i think that there's like this it's it's kind of this taboo topic you know like you said for traditional or maybe even like old school people who are into sneakers and it's the reality of what the scene looks like today that this is a big thing or if you want to go there and make the moral judgment this is a big issue so so i don't know why there should be any topic in sneakers that we're not going to cover or not going to talk about i don't think the piece is an endorsement necessarily it's just like look if these tools are out there so why wouldn't we talk about the tools given how big a part of sneakers they are right now and wealthy do you think this is one of your biggest uh, internet backlashes you've got about a piece you wrote you've, you've been in a few you've been in a few this is not his first rodeo no it's yeah. not the thing is, is that it wasn't even my opinion 
on on anything. It was right. me interviewing someone. It was like a report. Mm. Yeah, I was just reporting on it, and they were ex- they were explaining it. I think the craziest thing that I noticed from this is that there's this belief in the sneaker world that all of a sudden bots are just going to magically go away, and somehow us writing about bots being a thing is somehow going to make the situation so much worse. And I'm like, it's already kind of at max capacity. If anything, I think that teaching people how bots work maybe might level the playing field for them to some extent. If you want to go do these things, it's not like people aren't using bots for every single hype sneaker release out there. So if you think that if us not talking about it is going to make bots disappear, I just don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. All right. Like I'm not I'm not endorsing bots by any means, but if if and again really, you don't have a bot, you I've never I've never used a bot. I don't I don't try to get most of these super hype sneaker releases. I don't I don't know. What's your stockx level? Not as high as yours. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, triple, don't, triple, don't, triple wood. <laughs> don't put don't put me in that category. Um, I've sold some <laughs> shoes, but. So listen, you you addressed it. it. The internet first couple of days it seems like it calmed down. On a lighter, less controversial note, you guys season premiere conceded our boys full size run. Hell yeah, yeah, yep. hell yeah. And then you shot one Friday. I heard another funny one that's going up. That'll be live by the time that this goes live. Hollywood legend. Yeah, you'll see it at, by the time this yeah. goes out. Is Andy Milanakis? Yeah. Pretty funny. I love, I love this. I mean, listen, Andy Milanakis is one of those guys. First of all, it's it's one of those episodes where I was like, holy shit, we're doing this? I yes. I, I, I watched this guy's stuff when I was in high school. You yes. know, one, one of those ones, I, I feel like I had that feeling also when we recorded an episode with Killer Mike of like, oh, I knew who this person was when I was 14, you know? Um, yeah. the, the other thing is, he's not a guy who you would think of as a sneaker guy immediately, but he has some great sneaker stories and was super into Bape. Because if you think about when he was really getting money and first getting famous, 2005 or so, and he was living downtown in New York and just buying a bunch of Bape sneakers. And then, of course, he hopped on the whole SB thing, too. So I think Andy Milanakis told some great stories that the people out there will really enjoy. So, you know, once you're done with this, actually, no, once you're done with this episode, go back into the podcast app where you're listening to it and, and drop a, a rating and a comment about yep. how much you loved it and then go to our YouTube and watch Andy Milanakis full screen. Mm-hmm. And while I you're think, there, if you haven't if you haven't already, check out the Yachty part one of the closets. They saw yeah. that already. That's yeah, trending that's on true. YouTube. Yeah, that's true. The, the, number four. The, the we went number there. four. Lil Yachty, number four, okay. part two Monday. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think one of the cool things about Andy Milanakis was as well as I know a lot of people were into SB and Bape just because that was cool during the era, but it felt like that's the stuff he liked because he's kind of like an eccentric guy himself and the sneakers just yeah. being so out there wild and colorful yeah. it's just he naturally gravitated towards it because it spoke to his personal style so it was kind of cool to hear that by the way guys um as this comes out we're i think this is a friday that's coming out on as per usual we're a few days away from the big game yes, um, oh, how, yes. Are you, how are you how are you uh, prepping for the big game are you ordering any pizza <laughs> Uh, I, I'm thinking about ordering pizza. I'm definitely doing an ante pasta. I think I'm going to get tested and go home to Long Island to my parents' house and get get a nice Italian spread. But did you order? Did you order your pizza already? Did, did, I have. I have did some you? Tips for you? This is hilarious. This, okay. is, this, this is hilarious. So I don't know. Brendan did a sponsored ad for. Slice, right? That yes, was... the app is called Slice. Slice, slice, slice. At in... Slice, we got to get that in because I'm not getting paid for this podcast, but I was getting paid for that. So you wow, know. okay. That's funny how part you about it right. was you keep, you keep saying. 
the big game next week. Brendan Dunn, know. not a big sports guy. Do you guy. know who's playing? Hold on. Yeah, you know I, who's I, playing? I 100% know who's playing. Okay, who? I know who's playing. What teams? But I know who's playing. He doesn't know. <laughs> How much do you want to bet? I don't want to bet, but I want to see. The Chiefs and the Bucks. Okay, he's right. He's right. <laughs> Funny part about it is, though, is he keeps on saying the big game, and I'm sure that's because they don't want to make it seem like they're an official sponsor of the Super Bowl, which we're talking about. But slice, me, slice, me, slice. Me, me Look at head. this. Wow. I hope you have a lifetime contract <laughs> with them. You know, there's a lot of pizza places around, and there's a lot of pizza And apps, you can find so them I'm all just saying. on Slice. Okay, look look at that. Me hearing Brendan saying he's talking about the big game, he never uh, specifically mentions the Super Bowl or sports for that degree. So in the back of my head, he's probably like, oh, the big game. Like, there's a big magic tournament this time. <laughs> yeah, next let's weekend. be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. It was it was about hair, and he has great hair. It was about hair and pizza. If anyone should have that deal, it should be me. This is like him getting this slice and barber deal, whatever it is. I know it's just the pizza, but he was at the barber. That's like me getting a magic card deal. Let's be honest. Let, let me say something about the magic card talk. I know you guys don't like me to bring that up too often, but every time it comes up, we see a, a sharp spike in the engagement, and my DMs are on fire. The, 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 the funnier part about it, Joe, is that Brendan's talking about Eating pizza and watching the Super Bowl, but if you the big look game. at the big game, the big game, I didn't the say the game. Super Bowl. Just right. so we're clear. If but if go to my Instagram and like, if the you photo, look at his comment. Instagram story, my man was eating a Neapolitan style butternut squash vegan pizza. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> it, it, was looked, it, looked like, it looked like margarita to me. I saw the basil <laughs> leaf. That's there, what I said. No, 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 no. There, there was, there was the basil leaf on his IG story. He was oh. eating pizza with butternut squash on it, which to me Ooh. is like if you show up to a Super Bowl party with a butternut squash pizza. Yeah, you, get. you said Super Bowl, not me. <laughs> you said don't get me in trouble with the FCC. Maybe you were going to a Magic the Gathering tournament because I feel like that's the only place acceptable to like you're going to a book club game this yeah. this upcoming weekend. They giving that pizza. to the birds on Monday morning. Oh, you show up butternut goodness. squash pizza. It's 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 a good pie. Yeah, but support. Listen, you both you guys getting deals, and what am I doing? You know what I'm doing? Looking for 1985 Jordan ones and pissing away money. So at least did you, you do it? Did you pull the trigger? I was inspired. You know, I was inspired by Yachty's closet and yeah. part two that you guys will see. The 1985 collection is crazy, and I have two 1994 Jordan One Chicagos, but I need an 85, and I am now on the hunt for an 85 bread pair. I think that would be a nice kind of to complete the set, and I'm working with the guy who Yachty uses, Curated Van. I'm sure you guys know. Uh One thing I would say about this that's happening, and I was never really aware, it's happening more often. I'm finding accounts with vintage sneakers with not a lot of followers, and... I mean, has this been a thing for a while? Like, and like I'm like 2,000 followers or something yes, like that. Yes. And they have tons of vintage stuff. And it's like another kind of. Another avenue to get stuff through. I always say, like, the sneaker thing, not that we ever lose inspiration, but there's another layer. There's always layers to explore. And I've been finding these, or, or they've been DMing me after the Argons, honestly. A lot of them mm-hmm. saw that I had the Argons mm-hmm. on and were like, if you ever need. So. That's becoming another thing. And some of these accounts don't have that many followers. So I'm like, any size 11 or 11 and a half before, yours you, for the taking. before you post, please run it by me. So <laughs> that, that's like, I don't want to, I don't want to name names, but there was a, there was a pretty interesting uh, burner account of someone big out there who had a lot of vintage sneakers on. Joe, on you there. know who he's yes, talking about. Yes, I know about. who it is. I know he who it is. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, their we're collection, not, their collection is, we're not outing them on. It's awesome. No, we're not. By the way, speaking of, 
outing people and, and Jordan 1s and things like that. Can we talk about these Trophy Room Jordan 1s? I feel like that's the only sneaker anybody's talking about right now. My yes. entire timeline is speculation, but it, it's all about what's going on with these shoes. There's all these pairs floating around. Like, Marcus Jordan's like, going to throw the blue like laces thousands in. Thousands of pairs, right? That's like the, or at least hundreds. I saw you guys talking about that. I don't even understand how that works. I, like, when you hear well, like, oh, Memphis, <laughs> yeah. Memphis deliveries and things like that, like I would have no idea how that even works. I just mm-hmm. think, I just think, and I'm not, I'm not putting, I'm not putting out any of this as fact or anything. I just like to give a little bit of explanation of why people were talking about it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Is that before the shoe got leaked and everything, Marcus went on social media and was like very upset about early pairs of this shoe popping up on places, you know, and has gone on record in the past saying, you know, he's mad if his friends resell the the seated friends, the family pairs, but then all of a sudden, and I'm not saying he did it. That's not my conclusion or anything, but there happened to be thousands of pairs of these pop up that people were speculating were backdoors. So they were like, why are you saying one thing? And then this other thing happening. I feel like that was the, that was the center of the conversation though. All, all I know is that I do need a pair and it's one of the few shoes I'm really looking forward to right now that and the carpet dunks I'm biased there. Cause those guys are my friends, but I, I feel like the, the trophy room, Jordan one, all this speculation and these rumors and these uh, theories about where the early pairs are coming from or where they're going i feel like that's only added to its myth even before it's released you know what i mean are you, are you guys looking forward to these or is there anything absolute, you're looking forward to right now absolute trophy room ones definitely i think it's going to be a top 10 shoe of the year easily uh i am looking forward to i know my co-host is going to disagree i'm definitely definitely looking forward to the coral studios part two air max 95 i love part one i wear them a lot i wear them for specific episodes i love the coral studios v1 air max 95 and i like this v2 with the seems like more of a leather approach i like the one more much more than the second one. i just don't like the leather look on see i like the leather much yeah all right that's fair and one shoe that I got that I'm very excited about, the Pata 991. Really oh, good you got shoe, those in the mail? Yeah, re- really, sent, really good they shoe. They sent them to you? I got the Pata 991. You got so. them in the mail. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'm not saying they know. sent them to me, but uh, yeah, I, I have them. They're here. They're, they're 100 feet away, but it's a really, really good shoe. I'm happy I, I got to pick those up. And before we get into the podcast, obviously, we've been saying it, but we appreciate it. Please rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts. All right, guys, let's get to today's guest. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Our guest on today's podcast wore many hats coming up when it came to working within pop culture. Let us know the last time you heard of someone going from an MTV VJ to working at a label and then being at the forefront of skate and street culture for over 25 years. After taking inspiration from the legendary Big Daddy Kane, he set up shop in Brooklyn by opening the aptly titled Brooklyn House, a store that pulled influence from hip-hop, graffiti, and married it in the form of a skate shop. After some years building the foundation of a storied career on the East Coast, he would move to the West Coast and take his Brooklyn House concept and morph it into Brooklyn Projects, the first skate shop to invade Hollywood. Over the course of the next two decades, the brick-and-mortar store served as a launching pad for successful streetwear labels like The Hundreds. Simply put, if your brand found its way inside the doors of Brooklyn Projects, there was a good shot you were on your way to success. When it came to sneakers, throughout the years, the store collaborated on multiple projects with brands like Circa and Nike SB. Our guest on today's podcast has been at the center of this ever-changing industry for it all. Please welcome to the Complex Sneakers podcast, Dom DeLuca, a.k.a. Brooklyn Dom. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was, a, that was the best intro I think I've ever gotten in my life. Thank wow. you. Well, awesome, man. We're so happy to have you. I feel like we've had people on the podcast and your name has been coming up consistently. So we know you're an OG. I even remember, I think, Bradley Carbone when I was an intern at yeah. Complex. I think that you had the circus with the black and the pink and the green. I think we put them in the magazine. And I remember when I was doing research, I told these guys, you know, I think Bradley around 2006, we called these in and we featured them in the magazine. So some history there. Yep. And then I was also... Uh in the magazine for, I believe it was like the top 25 people to know in Hollywood or something. And they, they okay. put me in there. I was pretty, I was right. I needed James purse. So Amazing. That was pretty Amazing. dope. I was really happy. Name, name's been ringing bells for a long time. T- take us back though, Dom. We want to know kind of like you as a kid growing up in Brooklyn, where were you seeing sneakers back then? I first got into the sneaker. Well, I first started seeing like, like sneakers when I was younger, I was, uh, I'm talking, I was 12, 13. Mm-hmm. I was a track and field dude, believe it or not, for my high school. And I would go, my, my dad would take me to this specialized running store. And you would go in there and you would see all like these Nike running shoes that you wouldn't see at like the athlete's foot, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't see them. You'd be like, what the hell is this? You know? And that was like, wow, these were cool. And I remember like starting to buy my sneakers from there at 12, 13 years old, when I would wear them, kids are like, Oh, what is, I never seen those before. Cause you know, you wouldn't see them in, in the neighborhood because unless you were like a runner or, you know, or you're really, really rich because like the rich kids wore like K-Swiss and they wore like, um, uh, Etonic, like tennis sneakers. You know what I mean? Like, so it was like, that's, that, that was like the first, like, I guess intro into like the sneaker thing. Mm-hmm. But then soon after that, my dad had a camera store in Manhattan and next door was a, was a clothing store, like a, a clothing sneaker shop. I believe it was called Xanadu. Okay. And um, they had like Playboy shoes and, and like all these random companies there. They had a Nike account. And my dad one day, cause my dad followed sports. He brought me home the first pair of Air Jordans, the Jordan ones. Oh, wow. Awesome. Right. In 1985. So, yeah. 
they were all white. There weren't the red, white, and black ones. They were all white. I put them on and I was like, whoa, this was like, this was like the, the design was, was like so new and so like dope because back then I wore a lot of Pumas, Puma Clydes. Um, I was into breakdancing. So I would wear my Puma Clydes and, you know, I had them with the fat laces that we would stretch out the fat laces with, um, with, with the iron, pliers, right? okay. with pliers. And then we would put like dishwashing liquid on it and bake put them in the oven. So it made them like, it put like this little sheen on it. And, uh, we would carry a, 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 a toothbrush in our pocket. We would brush our shoes all the time because it was like, uh, you know, it was, it was the thing to do. You know what I mean? So from there, I never had a type of, you know, a pair of shoes like that. You know what I mean? Like this Jordan. And I was like, Holy shit. So then I got into it. My dad was, you know, he would buy me more and more and more and more. Um, of these shoes because I really, really wanted them and I would beat the shit out of them because I was into BMX at the time. So mm. I would be the only one racing with these Jordans instead of bands and it was like, it was pretty pretty trippy. Was it a big deal for you to go to school like with those Jordans on? Were other people reacting? They were reacting more when we wore Pumas than Jordans because they were such a craze with Pumas and Lee jeans. I remember this mm. one thing. There's this one thing going on. Um, there was a store, because you guys are from the East Coast, so you'll know, mm -hmm. called VIM Jeans. Yes. Yep. Back in the day. So they did a promotion on WBLS, which was the hip-hop station, that if you bring in the back the back patches of your, uh, the back tags of the um, Lee Jeans, right? You, If you bring, I think, 25, you get this free pair of these white, on white pinstripe Lee's. Um, and every kid was getting attacked. I swear to God, you would get the kids were getting held down and they're getting their, wow. their, their labels ripped off. And if they had like the, the, the Pumas, like the special, like, you know, green ones or like the really hard to come by colors, you would get your shoes taken and you'd walk home with no, with just your socks and no pants. You get your pants get ripped. So it was more on, on that than more than the Jordan. Cause it, it wasn't crazy with the Jordans. I mean, I remember going to like, like I said, athlete's foot in like the, even in early nineties and you can go in there and buy the Jordan threes, Jordan fours, mm. you can buy as many as you want, you know, like no, no problem. The only problem you would have is if you didn't have your size, I was a size 13 back then and or 12 and didn't have many of those. So I would just be asked out, but when I would go with my friends, they would get their nines or tens or 11s. Mm. And oddly enough, I went to, when I was in Brooklyn, like fuck 15 years ago um i sold it by now but i wish i had to show you guys because this was mm. mind-blowing i went to my parents house and i was looking for something in my closet in my in my bedroom my bedroom's still like a time capsule there's stuff my, my mom never turned it into anything she just left it and she put shit in there but i thought my closet's all this crazy i mean it's just insane all kinds of crap in there and i remember about 15 16 years ago i saw an athlete's foot bag Mm -hmm. I'm talking crammed behind boxes of boxes of shit. I took it out. Swear to God. It was a pair of red and black Jordan ones from athlete's foot with like a price tag of $65. It was preserved. I mean, it was wow. like kind of yellowing and it was like really the paper was like crumbling, but I was like, holy shit. I wind up selling it to a person from Ni uh, to Nike for like, I think five grand. Back That's really crazy. Like for their archive or something. I don't think it was for an archive. I think he was just a, it was a dude that worked at SB, like a higher up. I think yeah. it was just for his uh, collection. collection. You know what I mean? Because 
they were like not the paper inside was still in there and it was like you touched it and i remember it was like it would just disintegrate i'm like holy shit and i had it i brought it back to la had it here and then like when the sneaker things really started going 2005 2006 mm. i showed them that they're like dude can i buy those and i'm like well yeah you know yeah. i mean sure yeah, five grand <laughs> here you go take it that's amazing had i known if i would have still kept them god knows how much they would have been worth because they were weren't even laced up you sell them after the last dance you're getting at least like uh eight to ten maybe i i know dude i know yeah. but that was the beginning of the like for me to go wow i started really getting into sneakers like mm. like every weekend when i got my job at like def jam or rush management i would go downtown and like it was jordan's 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 and then uh i had like a spot built remember spot built yeah mm -hmm. that was like a big thing back then too um and then the ewings came out from adidas mm. and i was like whoa because patrick ewing was god so you needed yep. to you know he was the the, the the jordan equivalent to new york you know he was he was the dude so i started buying that but i've always been a nike head you know the charles barclays the i mean the, the pippins i mean it was like and it was so easy to get but that's that's a crazy thing you know what i mean it wasn't hard and even in early in the late 2000 uh, sorry late 90s early 2001 it was still pretty easy to get and i think ebay really started the movement and i think nike sb when that started in 2002 that really pushed that's what really started the sneaker craze because i remember having sb mm -hmm. we were one of the first accounts i don't know i mean i know what nike was because i had carried nike's skate program from 98 99 when it was nike skateboarding when they made like these horrendous looking like running shoes but then, like, it went to Xavier. Yeah, which, Xavier. Yep, yep. Which I still have a bunch of mine, which were like, holy shit, looks like a trainer. Oh, my God. Yeah, trainer won it. It looks like a trainer won. The Tim yeah. O'Connor. That was like, dude, that was insane. So then, and then it went to Nike SB. I'm like, oh, cool, a dunk. And I remember, uh, like, okay, cool, this is great. And I didn't know. They were like 65 bucks. Wholesale was 30. I was like, holy shit, you're making so much money. And then I remember these kids, customers of mine, they were buying all of them. And I'm thinking, oh shit, I never had a product that you just put on the shelf. And one guy comes in and buys like 10 pairs. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm like, but then I started doing my research. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You're you're buying them for 60 and you're selling them for three, four hundred dollars? Fuck yeah. that. I'm gonna start selling them for that three, four hundred dollars. <laughs> and that's when it started happening. That's when I was like, wow, I'm getting these sneakers. And you're making on one on one box, you're making like ten thousand dollars profit. It was insane, and this is because it was really rare and and hard to and, and hard to find. Obviously, early on with Brooklyn Projects and everything, you know, you're connected to uh, Kareem Campbell, yeah, good friend of yours. I mean, and he never skated for Nike, but he was wearing you know Adidas back in the day. Do you remember his thoughts on when you guys first started carrying Nike? Because I know there was a lot of backlash on Nike in the skate industry as a whole. So Kareem was part of my first shop, Brooklyn House. And yeah. when we started carrying Nike skateboarding, I mean, he had more of an issue carrying other upstart skate brands, skate shoe brands to take away from action, which he owned. Yeah, Nike, he okay. thought like, oh, it's Nike. Nobody's going to come buy those fucking things. Like, sure you know what i mean so mm -hmm. he didn't have a problem then when, when i when I, when we closed down brooklyn house and i started with my partner murph who passed away of uh, brooklyn projects 
th- there was no like you know there was no like really conflict of interest you know um it was it was really weird seeing how they just took over the industry and i think what happened was with nike sb other shops later on when distribution started opening up these shops that didn't know what they had they're, they're used to still selling like a shoe for $30 for $60 or mm-hmm. $40 for $80 they weren't realizing it and that's what kind of like watered down the market and was like kind of like the decline of SB because now you can, you know, people are getting it for like 60 bucks. Well, I don't need to pay resale price or they're buying for 60 bucks. And like, I'm just going to do a quick flip for 150. It started mm-hmm. like you can start getting it anywhere. And that's when it kind of started going down a little bit. Then 6. 6.0 happened. Right. And then, and then like, it just became like the X games extreme world. And then Adidas came and, did the Yeezy and the boost and, you know, and then SB was like, you couldn't give it away at one point. And Dom going back through your Instagram, it seems like from 2002, even before Nike SB kind of like the big boom, but you were buying a bunch sharks I saw and you wore them the hell out. What other dunks were you buying personally during that time? Dude, I'm going to blow your mind right now. So, <clears throat> cause I was always, I was always into dunks in the Jordan, you know, the silhouette mm-hmm. driving. Um, so, in 2001, there was a store called K-Bond, which, okay. which, which was on Beverly. Do you know the story about K-Bond? Yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is a proto-undefeated type thing with uh, James right. Bond oh, okay. and, and Eddie Cruz, right. Okay. right? Right. So James Bond and his wife had a store called K-Bond, which was like a high-end, like almost like clothing store with sneakers and mm-hmm. home goods. And and uh, my, my homegirl, Heather work there and i think <clears> they <throat> had a nike there. account that was later the undefeated nike account right right so so eddie would go there and like buy shoes from him because you know k-bond was getting shoes that you can get only in japan or only like like the jp classics from right. from your from that jp store in mm-hmm. europe yeah. he was getting it all because i believe his wife was doing work for nike or working for an ad agency so she was really plugged in and <clears throat> he was plugged in and then eddie saw like he was buying it for union eventually that was the prototype for undefeated because it was like he had these shoes that, you know, like really like you couldn't find them anywhere. So me seeing the same thing, I was driving across country and I went to St. Louis and I was in a sneaker store and they had this, uh, it was like a, I think a champs maybe, but they had outside like, and right in the front stacked up on sale, 39 99. They had the Nike pro B's. Mm-hmm. but they're on sale for $39. So I'm like, what the fuck? So seeing that, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I went and I literally, I bought three styles they had. It was the bl- blue and gray. It was the, the red grip tape, whatever reds. And it was plums. I believe it was, it was like a plum mm-hmm. colorway. And mm-hmm. I bought like, I, I swear to God, they thought it was a stolen credit card, but it was legit. But I bought like, <laughs> I think it was like 77 pairs of shoes. For All 30 bucks. for 40 bucks. I took them back to LA and I had them and I was selling them to my friends for like, you know, 150 bucks, whatever. Mm. But then once SB started, I still had a bunch of pairs and I was selling them for three, $400. And it was like, holy shit. So that, that was like, that, that was like my thing. And then like when, when all the dunks came out, 
I was just like, oh no, I'm taking my 13s. Everybody knows in the Brooklyn Project, there's no 13s. You know, don't bother <laughs> coming in because I usually take the 13s and just stack them. You know what I mean? Do you remember when Nike first came to pitch you on Nike SB? Was it Sandy Bodecker himself that you talked to? Like, how did you first get SB? Because I feel like Brooklyn Projects was there for the heyday of Nike SB in the early 2000s. So they weren't pitching it to anybody. It was like, if you knew, you knew. It was like alphanumeric back in the day yep. mm-hmm. where you went to the trade show. You couldn't just walk in. It's like, can I make an appointment? Oh, let me see. What shop are you? No, you can't have an appointment. Peace. And it was behind closed doors. That was was what uh, Nike SB. They weren't even at the trade show. They were just floating around. And if you knew, you knew. Me knowing people at Nike, I had met Sandy at a trade show. And then he came by my shop soon after. He's like, so we're doing this program, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, sign me up. And I believe Hunter was part of the conversation too. Hunter had been from, uh, he went from Xavier to Nike SB okay. and Oliver Flores shout out to Oliver Flores. Cause he was at my, he was my Xavier rep. And then he, he became my SB rep. He's like, yeah, Xavier's. I remember he was telling me Xavier's shutting down, but we got this new program with Nike. And in the back of my head, I'm like, why dude? Because those Xavier's were selling out in like literally a day they were gone. I'm like, why are you ending this for me right now? Like, what are you taking away from me? I'm thinking you're going to go back to the old Nike skateboarding with those weird looking shoes. I'm like, I got really right. (laughs) You don't want to have to start selling chodes again. (laughs) The chodes. And I was just like, fuck man. Oh man. So, so basically it was, that, that was my fear. So my fear was like, okay, what do I do with this now? Like, you know what I mean? They're coming to me. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go balls deep. You know what I mean? Because, I'm trusting them. And I know like the shops that they were talking to, it was like 20 shops, maybe, or maybe 30 shops mm-hmm. n- nationwide. So I'm thinking, okay, this got to be, it's got to be really, really good. It, 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 you know? So I, I, I started doing it and then the floodgates, you know, just opened, but it was a slow thing. The first year, it was very, very like, if you knew, you knew. Because in L.A., there was only me. Oh, Supreme hadn't even opened up yet in L.A. Mm-hmm. It was just me. This is like 2003? 2000. Supreme opened up, I believe, in 2005. Okay. So, I, you know, I, I had been there, you know, pre... Fairfax happened in 2004, 2005. That was when Supreme happened. Like, people heard Supreme was opening up. And then the hundreds... And Sal Barbier were the first two shops to mm. jump on that before the, the that outdoor mall opened up. You know what I mean? It, it was it was crazy. I had never seen, and then the lineups. I never seen a lineup before in my life, except when I was a kid for tickets for the Kiss or Iron Maiden concert. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but for sneakers, it just I was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? It's just what is this? You know? And then people started talking shit because you know we were like one of the shops that would we would sell shoes for like you know three four five hundred dollars a pair like retail because there was no retail price on it it's like it's yeah. market price like going to a restaurant buying lobster you can go one month it's like 50 bucks <laughs> the next month you can go it's 60 bucks next month go 30 bucks it just it so i mean dude i mean the 400 the 420 dunk i remember we sold for 420 dollars we sold it on 420 at 420 in the morning so we, we we went to the club. I swear, we went we went to the club. We came back. We had a bunch of girls with us. We we're in the back of the shop. We we're smoking weed. It was four twenty, and then there was a line of kids. And then four twenty, we opened up, and they all bought them for four four hundred twenty dollars a pair. 
it was good times, man. Dumb. It was really good times. We had uh, we had Ben Baller on the show, and he was talking about like very early on, like going to all the skate shops and buying all the dunks early. Do you remember him? Did he come to Brooklyn Projects and try and like rack up all the shoes from you? He did. I remember when I met Ben. When I had Brooklyn House, I first opened up Brooklyn House, and this dude pulls up in a Merce- in a in a convertible three series Beamer, right? And I'm like, I'm like. I love Ben. Ben's like a homie. I love him. But then being from Brooklyn and just moving here, I'm like, I had my friends working for me who were like, you know, hardcore dudes and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I laughed. I'm like, who's this cornball? Because his plate said DJ to CEO. You, you know <laughs> okay. what I mean? Because he was a DJ around yeah, right. town, you know? And he's like, oh, it's Ben Baller. I'm like, Ben, ben Baller? What the fuck is a Ben Baller? You know, does he play basketball? He's like, oh, no, he's Ben Baller's DJ. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I said, oh, I remember that guy. He DJed at Granville. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, he works for Dr. Dre. I'm like, oh, cool, whatever. So he comes in. That's where I met him. But then when when he started building his name up in the sneaker world, he, he used to come to Brooklyn Project of uh, Brooklyn Projects, and he bought stuff. I mean, I would limit him um, because I knew like you're gonna get the shine and you're gonna get the hype, and it's like I can't give you everything. You're my homie. But you can't start buying like fucking 30 pairs, 15 pairs. You know what I mean? Same thing with uh, Dre, who was, uh, he was Croatian the first style. sneaker. Croatian style. Dre, yeah. me and Dre, we're best friends now. And I don't backdoor to him at all. He, he actually buys. <laughs> Let's get the disclaimer <laughs> out there right now. <laughs> right. He actually, no lie, he buys his 10 and a halfs for me. Like I only sell 10 and a halfs. And mm-hmm. if, if, there's like a, if there's a client that he really, really needs to impress, I'll sell to him at, at retail. If you really, you know what I mean? But then I'll mm-hmm. ask the favor back. I'm like, Hey man, I need those Jordan threes. Can you like, you know, like at yeah. retail, it's like, but Dre was the first sneaker reseller that I met. And we used to get into fights because he would try to like lowball me. And I know the pricing. I'm like, no, I'm not selling you these, these shoes. I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm just not, you know, I, I'm sorry. And we began mm-hmm. to arguments all day long. Cause he was so like, we began to fucking yelling matches. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not selling them. You can buy one pair. Fuck out of here. You know? Because at the time, I was like, well, I want to put them on eBay and make the money. You know what I mean? Or I want to sell yeah. them to the fucking kids and make triple. And people hated me for that. But then as time as time went on, I started, like, lowering my prices. And then, you know, but then I built, like, a foundation. And, like, there's been customers that have been shopping with me for fucking 20 years, damn near. And you know they they respect what i what i what i do what i've done you know it was so regular back then to charge over box price did nike care that all these sb retailers were were regularly charging 200 300 dollars no. did they encourage it did they encourage it they can't they can't encourage it i know that nike stepped in i believe it was jordan actually mm-hmm. i remember when this is a this is like a this kind of like a this was kind of like a thing. I, I got my name again. I'm, uh, I'm infamous for causing problems. It's like crazy. It's like, I'm, I'm such a small little dot on the global thing. But when mm-hmm. I, I'm being talked about in meetings, like, Hey, the shop, like, well, if I, if I do so much bad shit, like, and I, and, and I, and I, and I'm, and I'm bothering you, then why not do more with me? So I wouldn't have to do this quote unquote bad shit. You know what I mean? But I remember doing this, pop-up store with dre croatian style where times were bad in 2000 was it 2012 
11, no, 2011, 12. SB was kind of like mm-hmm. not cooling what it down. is. Cooling down. Yeah. So Dre had all this stuff. And, you know, I said, listen, you want to open up a store? I said, hey, you want to do something? Let's, let's, I'll rent you half my store, like the, the, the skate side. We'll take everything out. We'll put all your Supreme, your Nikes, you know, and then you just pay me like 10% of whatever you sell. And we'll create hype for Brooklyn projects by getting kids in there. He's like, bet. So we did that. And then people started complaining because of Dre's prices. And then like Jordan actually hit me up. Hey man, you can't be selling the Jordan stuff at over retail. You're not, you're not supposed to sell it. You're not even an account. Like what's going on. And I'm like, well, the fuck I can't, I rented my store to somebody. You can't tell me who I can't rent to. And I, you know, they paid me, you know, a percentage of their sales. I wasn't mm-hmm. selling it. It wasn't mine. But that's when, I started, that's when Nike started getting involved because soon after that, when they did the Jordan collab and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth, they were like, Hey, you can't sell this over a dollar of a box price. You got to sell it at box price because they were really, really like stringent. And again, they don't tell you like sell it for box price because the MSRP technically is the manufacturer suggested Mm -hmm. retail price. Mm -hmm. But if you sell above box, you know, it, it's a big, it, they'll start cutting you off. Like they won't give you certain product, you know, that, you mm-hmm. know, they can't tell you, you got to sell a box price because they can't legally, but they'll get you other ways. So you just don't, you know what I mean? How much do you think that like during that era though, because all the stores were, you know, these skate stores that are kind of struggling selling skate product were just kept afloat by like ripping off like non-core skaters like the sneakerhead crowd i mean the smart ones i mean look that's that's what made stores survive and make if you were smart you use that to make money when that travis scott shoe came out i mean dude you, you know it saved shops uh, but even back in the day if if you know shops would complain like Nike's putting me in the dirt. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you got to get creative, quote unquote. If you're gonna just gonna sell to one dude all your limited dunks for box price, and here you go, that's on you. You gotta like you know limit and, and make sure you give it to the good customers that are gonna buy other stuff. And you know, it's like they they're not supposed to shops that didn't know what they have. You know what I mean? Or had it's. But it's such a fine line because, you, I mean, you're a shop, you know, all this gray marketing uh, backdoor is what mm-hmm. kids call it now. Yeah. In our day, it was gray marketing. But you can't backdoor shit. You know, they're going to find out eventually. And then they're going to, you know, close your, you know, shut down your account. You know what I mean? So the idea with SB is it brings people to your store. But back to your question, it's sneakerheads. I mean, skaters, I can count on one hand, maybe two, the skaters that come in by dunks to skate in. Like literally, like count on you know. Other than my some of my team guys who get it to skate in it, it's the sneakerheads that would come buy it, and it was the sneakerheads. I, I know like a, a a big problem with Brooklyn projects. A lot of brands who would ma- remain uh, what's the word uh, nameless. nameless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they wouldn't sell to Brooklyn projects because we sold like Crooks and Castles and you know uh, uh, you know hundreds and and streetwear brands. At the time, if you didn't, you'd be out of business. Yeah. Streetwear was like, streetwear was to the 2000s what rollerblades were to the early 90s. 
Like if you had, there was, there was hardcore skate shops. I mean, I sold Rossi's inline skates in 93 because why? Because holy shit, you buy this fucking boot to skate mm-hmm. and kids are coming in there like crack and they're selling yeah. out. You're making thousands of dollars because they're buying the wheels and the grind plates. It's like, yep. holy shit, what is this? So it's the same thing. It's like I was selling streetwear. Well, we're not going to sell it to you because, you know, you're not a hardcore skate shop. I'm like, okay, well, I'm smart. I'm still around. Through all the bullshit, I'm still around. And those are the kids that came in to buy the dunks. They would drop $100 on a full zip uh, Crooks and Castles sweatshirt or they'd buy the hundreds. So that was what was filling, you know, filling the register, not selling hard goods because you're making 20% markup on hard goods. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, you have to, to pay rent like that. Yeah, but that's why a lot of shops, a lot of shops went out of um, business. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize also that the people talking the shit, even some shops, these stores are in like the middle of America or they're in like the, the valley where their rent is like 50 cents a square foot. Back then, in 2000s, I was still paying six grand a month rent for a thousand square feet. It was ridiculous. My, you know, it was really, really expensive to, to have a store in Melrose. So, how am I gonna like? Yeah, I, I can't survive selling skate decks. You know what I mean? And it's you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy. I left the music industry because of the hypocrisy, mm-hmm. and I thought like, oh, I'm gonna come to like a like a, a culture that's all about brotherly love and all that and this and that. <laughs> and honestly, like the guys, honestly, I've never seen such cutthroat, backstabbing, crybaby bullshit more now than I ever have in the, in all my years in the music industry and MTV, even being a roadie for bands. I thought I'd seen it all. This takes the cake, and I'm like, "Fuck, what, what? Where am I? Like some Twilight Zone? You know what I mean? That's yeah. what it is. It's That's just crazy." You, you talk about the 420 dunk release, and you talked about not seeing lineups besides concert tickets. Do you have any? And I'm sure you do. Any crazy lineup stories for hyped releases that you can remember? Oh, uh, yeah. There was. Let's see. <laughs> one. There was one. Um, I'm not going to put him on blast, but when I tell the story, the kid's going to know who I'm talking about. He's a, he's like 37 now, but <laughs> okay. Um, but the what the dunk came out, mm-hmm. okay. right? And line up, you know. And um, he came in to buy it, and his credit card was declining. Okay. And I'm like, dude. He's like, no, try it again, try it again, and let me call him. And then he couldn't get the shoe because i'm sorry you know he literally cried and crying get on the phone how old was he at the time dom 22 23 yeah he was punching the the parking meter because he parked all night he had a spot right in front he started kicking his car you didn't feel bad for him you you couldn't give it to him like you couldn't (laughs) front it to him so i felt bad my employees like dude this this kid's gonna have an aneurysm like i'm like well look I mean, what am I going to do? I said, you know what? I said, come to come back in here. I go, dude, listen, I'm going to put these in the back for you. You have until tomorrow morning. If you don't, if you're not here at like, you know, 12, 8, 12 PM with money in hand, I, sorry. And, and he did, he showed up and he's like, dude, thank you. He's been a lifelong customer ever since that. And not only for shoes, he comes in there, buys Brooklyn project stuff. He buys like, you know, r- random brands. He's been coming here for, you know, forever. And it's because I made a customer, you know, shops need to do that. 
more is build relationships with customers. I have customers that, you know, bring me lunch sometimes, not because they want anything. It's because they appreciate what I do for them and for the community. You know what I mean? Like send me cookies, send me donuts, get me nice and fat. You know, um, it's really, really cool. And it, it worked out for him and it worked out for me. You know what I mean? Another crazy story was selling shoes to Tom Cruise, oh. a pair of the Tiffany Dunks. Okay, so Tom I was Cruise waiting the for the, the celeb- I was waiting for some celebrity clientele in oh, Hollywood. I'll give, you, I'll give you all the celebrity, dear. So, I, I, <laughs> what, yeah. I, this is. I need to hear this. No, this is. I, okay, I don't know this story, but I was waiting for celebrity clientele stories coming into the store. But Tom Cruise, <laughs> Tiffany Dunk, let's go. His girlfriend was it Katie Holmes or wife? Yeah. Yes. Wife. Wife. She came into the store like normal, you know, glasses and then with our assistant. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? I really didn't recognize her. I'm like, okay. And then she's like, hey, I want to buy a pair of those Tiffany Dunks. And we had a bunch in the back um, for my my husband. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, she's like, yeah. And, and, and I don't know if he's like a size eight or eight and a half. Is it possible like he can come in and just pick them up and try them on? I'm like, yeah, I mean, because we weren't allowed people to try on shoes. And that's mm-hmm. what she heard from her assistant who was more younger and more into like the mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, I, I mean, yeah, I guess. She's like, okay, he'll he'll be here tomorrow. Can you, can you, can you get here early? Because we open at 12. I'm like, I'm thinking early, like what, 11? So she's like, no, can you come in like at 8? I said at night? She goes in in the morning. And I was like. <laughs> and you have no uh, idea who she's talking about. No, I don't. Because, I, 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 I mean, I. I was into the celebrity world. I mean, I was friends with Vin Diesel at the time and, you know, a lot of really close friends of mine, Scotty Khan, all these people. Mm. And I don't, I don't, I'm not putting it all into, I'm like, sure, I'll be here eight o'clock. Sure enough, I'm there like at, you know, eight o'clock. He shows up at eight 30. I'm in the store. I'm like, motherfucker, man, I'm sitting here like a jerk off. You know, there's a knock on the back door. I open it. Just like dude in a suit. And then it's like, fucking top gun dude wow. Tom Cruise. <laughs> and I'm like, in the literal back door <laughs> yeah, i'm like what the fuck and i'm like and i'm speechless he's like how you doing tom my like, dom he's like you know nice to meet you and this and that and i'm like all right cool blah 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 and i'm like the shoes are for you he's like yeah i didn't know if i was like hey, i really liked them. tiffany so is this like a tiffany like they did this with tiffany like the jewelry company I was like, no, it's Nike SB. And then mm. it's like, oh man, the colorway. It's so, and he was like, it was like an Oprah minute. He was like, he was so into that colorway, you know, in that, in that pattern and this and that. I'm like, and I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm fucking sitting here with Tom Cruise and we're talking about fucking shoes. And then he, he, he bought it. You know what I mean? He, How he, much do we charge Tom Cruise for the Tiffany Ducks? Because at that uh, point you're thinking head crack, right? Yeah. I charged him like $500, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I did. And it was early, you, it was or, or you still had them after they came out. Yeah, I, I dude, I always, I always like back then. I kept some because yeah, there's yeah, always yeah. people that like bless. Another one of my sneaker heads was Jeff Goldblum. He's a size really? thirteen. He really? would come in. He would come in. He would buy. So I was selling him all my thirteens. A lot of them. Chris Brown was was my homie. He was a huge, huge sneakerhead. He was buying mm. everything from me. And even more recent Bieber, right? Bieber too. Bieber got Bieber bought the paparazzi dunks mm-hmm. from Dre because I didn't have any size. He saw him in my office. He's like, D- 
do? I need these. I'm like, well, go back in time. You're rich. You can probably figure out how to do it. You know what I mean? He's like, no, I need these. I was like, talk to this dude. And he bought them and he took a picture and he fucking he Instagrammed it. And and I was and people were like, you had more paparazzi. It's been like three years. I was like, dude, I don't have shit. I mean, I have no paparazzi. You know what I mean? And um, he bought them from a reseller because he liked them so much. Dom, you know? I feel like I feel like since we're talking about the paparazzi, we got to get into your own Nike SB catalog because I think you have what is it four shoes total with SB? Is there another one coming? Or are you? Yeah, so so I got four, but maybe another one on the Hold way. On. Hold on, exclusive. So this is where it started. Two thousand and nine. Nice. Yeah. So this is the Sims glove one, which is based on the Sims uh, skateboarding glove. Right. Which now it's become really grailed because nobody knew about it and the colors are so crazy. Mm-hmm. So it started with this. And then, you know, from there, we moved to the Slayer Rain and Blood inspired dunk. 666 okay. pairs, June 666 6th. pairs. Yep. Big, so big Russ this Benson was the shoe. next one, 2011. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite ever. Would be, I mean, I know I'm gonna, I, they're all my favorite, but this is like, you know, the Walk of Fame, which was like the yep. one that was, you nice. know, LeBron copied this for his one of his shoes. They, he did the same colorway and called it the Hollywood shoe, whatever. So this was <laughs> like, you know, you're doing something right when LeBron is, you know, taking your colorway. Yeah. And then we ended it with the now infamous paparazzi dunk. Mm, right, 2014. Yep. So I am working. I am working on something with Nike for my twenty, uh, my twenty-year anniversary of Brooklyn Projects, my thirty-year anniversary of starting Brooklyn House, which will be twenty twenty-two. Okay. Um, the story is pretty. I don't want to give it away, but the story is so. It's going to have like a dual meaning. And the crazy thing is, like, when you get it, you see the actual meaning and inspiration. But when you dig into it, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Awesome. It's, it's going to tie in and you, people are going to be like, I can't. Blown away. That's one. And I'm, I'm pitching another thing based on my roots in the, uh, in the New York hardcore scene. Cause back in, in, in CBGB's days, I was like hanging out there and then I have pictures. Um, I posted my Instagram me at like what? 17, 18 on stage with like the Chromags or Gnostic front. You see me mm-hmm. wearing Jordans. You know what I mean? I was, I, that, that was awesome. my shoe of choice. So I'm, I'm working on some stuff. It's been like, it's been really tough because Nike SB has been such like a hot commodity and like mm-hmm. they had like a lot of people like, you know, let go and they're re- restructuring. I know, I know a lot of talented people. I'm not We don't want to put them on blast by name, but shout out to all the talented people at Nike SB who lost their job this past fall. They, they let go of a lot of like, like I'm going to call them legends. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them are close friends of mine. You know, some I can under, I can understand you know, that you've been there 15, 18, 20 years, you get a little complacent, whatever, I get it, you know, move on. But some of them, I'm just like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to look at the, you got to look at the little positive thread. You know what I mean? It's it's now with SB, it's a smaller group mm-hmm. and you can work with like, 
you know, 10 people instead of 60 people. Mm -hmm. And maybe now it makes things a little bit more under the microscope, but now it's kind of like make, making a, like a, like a filter where it's so tight that only like the good stuff stays on the top and the shit just, you know what I mean? It's like, right. it's very, very, you're only going to get the cream of the crop now from that gsb in 2022 is their 20 year anniversary as well as brooklyn projects 20 year anniversary so little little something coming out there yeah it's going to be um, 2022 is going to be the craziest year for sb i mean it's also like nike's 50th anniversary if i'm not mistaken i yes yeah yes so i mean my biggest fear is you know when you have so much hype and so much craziness it's going to go so high and everything has to come down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of don't want it to come down. You know what I mean? It, you know, I, I kind of want it to stay where it's at. I mean, I don't want it to be so blown out. Like right now, I think it's perfect. They keep on releasing really good product. Um, a lot more skaters are buying it, which I, I like, but like the bots, these bot attacks just suck, you know, and it, 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 it definitely makes people that really want them not even me i get up every morning believe it or not on certain release date sneakers app mm -hmm. i'm on that shit every fucking month for something and i've struck out maybe out of like i don't know 50 times i've struck out 49 wow you don't have a golden ticket you don't have a special account dom what shoe did you get you said you struck uh, out. <laughs> I, I, it's so. I won the. I, I got the, uh, the the Raygun Air Force One. Okay. Okay. And then before that, I got the. I believe it was the the uh, Cortez. Um, what's the name of that? Uh, what's the, the name Kendrick of the rapper? Cortez. Kendrick Which Lamar Cortez. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I got that, and I think a pair of Jordan threes that I wanted. That's it. What do you think about Nike SB coming back and like, not just, I mean, I guess you could talk about both sides of it. Like you have shoes like the Chunky Dunky and Travis Scott, which you mentioned, and you also have all the older models going for like $2,000. What, what are your feelings on that? I mean, <clears throat> I think it's great that something like, it's like art. It's like, it can, it can retain its value from, you know, like it sucks on one hand. It sucks when you have, I'm not mentioning any names, but like, I'll tell you, that, well, I'll say this right now. Travis Scott was one of the main, he was like the impetus of revamping SB. You know, when he wore the, uh, the, 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 the Hennessy, not was the Hennessy, no, no, the, the, the Heineken, the, not the Heineken, the, the, the other beer, the brown beer, um, the Newcastle Castle one, Newcastles. Yeah. You couldn't even give those away, but yeah. then now he wore them. $1,000 and then the, the barks couldn't give them away. He wears them, you know, through the roof. Um, and, you know, he really, really, really Nike played that well. And he, he, you know, did, he did a good shoe. And I think it's crazy that that's what it took to really bring Nike. And then like Pele did that, you know, um, that, the, the, the chunky donkeys with right. um, mm -hmm. Ben and Jerry's. I think that was a, a, a genius thing. Didn't you um, say you had a conversation with Travis Scott around those dunks? Yeah, I, I, I talked to him quite a bit about those dunks, and I was really thankful for him, you know for him for doing it. And and uh, I like that how he he liked he wanted a pair that you could DIY, DIY you can mm -hmm. you know 
have like a double pair of shoe, at least for the price. Because when you skate it, you go through that first layer, it yeah. pops into the, the, the second layer. <clears throat> and it's that elephant print, which to him, it's like one of his favorite, favorite, favorite prints because it's the Jordan print. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's kind of like the Jordan, I mean, it's the uh, Supreme SB, um, which, you know, it's, you know, those are some of my, that Jordan, the, the, the Supreme SB lows are like one of my most coveted pairs. I have like three or four pairs. I'll tell you a funny story about this. You'll love this story. So at the height of the Nike, right at the beginning of the Nike SB craze, when Supreme opened up on Fairfax, um, they re-released the black SBs and the white SBs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a really good, uh, really good um, relationship with uh, this, this girl that used to work in customer service. You know, I had met her at trade shows. We would flirt and all that and whatever. She was a homie. And um, back then, you could just call up a customer service agent and say, hey, you know, uh, I need more of this, more of that, whatever. Oh, let me check. Okay, yeah, we have them. I'll, how many do you want? And, you know, kind of like bypass the rep. Can't do that anymore. Back then, you could. So I got the, I said, let me see for shits and giggles. I got the SB box, the, the Supreme box. I said, do you have this number? She's like, let me look. She didn't know. She's from Portland. She don't know what the fuck it is. So she's like, She's like, yeah, we have like 300 pairs left. You want no. any? Wow. Yes. The person so at Nike like, said they had the stock? Yes. She didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she really, she's from Portland. She doesn't know anything about Supreme. Supreme was new to her. She, right, right, new. right, right. Wow. So I'm like, can I get like, I don't know, 35, 36 pairs? She's like, yeah, what do you <laughs> Trying not to be too greedy. <laughs> right. So she's like, what size do you want? I said, what do you have? She goes, I have I have nines, no nine and a half, and I have everything from 10 and a half to 13. Wow. I'm like, just give me five across the board of everything. Okay. <laughs> wow. They come like a week later, and then back then, I'm, I'm slanging them for $1,000 to all the homies, mm-hmm. you know? I keep some for myself and then I have them in, in my showcase in a special showcase. I had like the coveted dunks. So my Nike rep walks in. Oh no. He's like, what is that? <laughs> I was like the Supreme dunk. He's like, yeah, I, I just found out. How'd you get that? He goes, where are they? I said, they're in the back. He's like, send them back, take them back. You can't do that. Who told you? I was like, I don't know. I just figured I'd do it. I mean, nobody told me not to, but by then he goes, you have any more? I'm like, well, I did in my house. I had like six, seven pairs. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. He goes, how many did you sell? I said, I only sold like one pair. It was more like 20 pairs. So he, he took the rest of them back and he credited my account. But, you know. You, but it, you, you did keep one to encourage the vote, though, didn't you? Uh, I did. Well, I had a couple pairs. Yeah, I did do that uh, encourage the vote thing. I figured, what am I going to do to make these kids vote? So one kid, he won the pair and he was so... You know what's cool? He didn't even know the the, the real value of it. He was excited mm-hmm. that he got it, um, and it, it was dope that I had to do something to get these kids to make a, a, a you know do something for for the good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I have to give away a pair of shoes, I remember you guys were talking about it, and it was like uh, it was uh, Trinidad James. Yep. You know. Um, well, no, he he was down. Who's the other guest on it? It was Trinidad Trinidad James and um, I'm trying to remember who was the guest on that episode. It was Trinidad. It was like I think it was like Pusha T, maybe. No, we haven't had it? him on the show. Uh, it was another rapper. Yes, and he was kind of like he oh, was. It was it was, uh, it was Big Boy from Outcast. Big Boy. 
There yeah. you go. And he was like, I think if I remember, he wasn't so down with me like baiting somebody to go right. vote. Right. But Trinidad and James like, oh yeah, you know, I fuck with Dom, you know, like yeah, he's cool for doing that, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it takes, blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, man, whatever it takes. If I had if I had like hundred pairs, I would have gave hundred pairs out because yeah. you know, look what happened, you know, like everybody doing a little part, we got Trump out of office, which you know, that's that's how I look at it. You know what I mean? I mean, definitely. Dom, uh, not to totally go off, well, off of skate shoes, but uh, another brand, another close friend of yours, uh, Chad Muska. You were there for like legend, you know, obviously the super days, but you were also there, you know, for all the S days when he put the, uh, you know, the weed, the weed. Yeah. Uh, the stash pop. Yeah. 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 And, and the, and the S, yeah. Chats. Yeah, do you do you remember like him putting that on the shoe at first? Did you have any like conversations with him about like I remember so I became friends with Chad in 96, 97. Um, but we became really close when I opened up Brooklyn House out here. And in 99 he was starting circa, you know, and or 98. 98 or 99, and he was telling me, like, hey, it's gonna have a stash pocket, but a zipper, not some velcro. I'm like, cool. He goes, but I want to show you something even crazier. I'm like, what? And ma- many people don't know this, but the first circas that Chad did, the first batch, but they had to re- they had to redo it because it was it was falling apart. The the mesh on the um, on the uh, shoe was actual metal. It was a, it was screen material, so you could smoke weed on your shoe. It was actually metal, and it would like fall apart. <laughs> it would stick your it would stick your toes. So the first ones were so weed influenced, um, and it was like at the time it was it was mind blowing. And Chad was was Chad. Chad is probably one of the illest shoe designers. Like like I mean, look what he did with, I mean with with Supra. Of course, Supra was. Crazy. It, 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 I remember and I remember this conversation well. And Chad still uses it at meetings when the high top came out, the sky top came out. Chad was already on the Rick Owens shit, like the whole fucking Dior. Like he was, he was doing high fashion shit before Virgil was trying to do high fashion shit. You know, he was he was well into bringing that aspect of 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 clothing of design into skateboarding. And when that came out, I think we were the only shop in Los Angeles that carried it because people were like, "What the fuck is this thing?" Mm-hmm. I knew yeah. it though. I saw it, and I ordered so many. And my rep at the time was like, "Dude, I don't want to give you this many." I'm like, dude, you don't understand. That's why their first collab was the Skytop was a Brooklyn Projects one. That was their first collab. Mm. And it was like, when I got it, 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 it just sold just from everybody in Hollywood. And then it started picking up. And then next thing you know, dude, I mean, you guys know that Skytop was the D3 of the early 2000s. I mean, the D3 shoe was like the shoe of the 90s. Yeah. The Skytop was the shoe of the 2000s. Like, yeah, and we have that in our book. We voted it Sneaker of the Year. Dude, yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I mean, super was just like, I mean, that was a nonsense. I mean, that shoe lived on for 10 fucking years. I had all of them. The red patent leather, the gold. They did like a, like a gray rip stop. They, I had every single, so many colorway flips on a monthly basis. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and you know, it sucks that Chad has always gotten the, you know, never gotten the notoriety or the, like the kudos of being like one of the illest designers. And then you got a guy, sorry, I'm going to say this, but you got a guy like Virgil that came in on somebody's coattails and is like being praised as like some God. 
when in actuality it's like really you know i had this like thing with like when i was in the music industry even even the mtv days like oh my god this guy is like fucking you know blah 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 he's like he's got the craziest brand and i'm like really he's on mtv he has an audience he got co-signed by this one you know what i mean it's like when you ever get co-signed by somebody big it always works in your favor. Like cause got co- co- cause. I remember cause when he was an intern for cause for Futura and stash, mm-hmm. you know, and he was an art student dude, but he got close signed by all these big art, art dudes. And next thing you know, cause co-signed neck face, you know, Kanye co-signed, you know, uh, Virgil, you know what I mean? And, and Jerry Lorenzo. And, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot, I mean, look good for them. They're making their money. They can give a fuck about integrity that's my biggest problem i i've kind of like i have my integrity and that's why i've been like not as like say rich as other people or Mm -hmm. living in a mansion because i never have my pride and that's how i grew up i remember like uh uh, when i was on mtv and this is when it was like a, a learning lesson and it just stuck with me like 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 a bad tattoo I remember doing this this album release thing and I was talking about a band, uh, Cinderella, who I, I liked the first record, granted, okay, but like the last shit, I, all the other records I hated. And here I am talking about it like, oh my God, this record's so good, it's coming out, blah, 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 blah. And then going out that night, I'm with Scott from Anthrax and Kirk from Metallica and we were, they were just goofing on me and they're like, did you really, really like that record? I'm like, no. He's like, well, why'd you say it then? He's like, well, they told me, he's like, dude, you know that, like, with, it's fine, but, like, you know. And that stuck with me. And then, like, later on, a couple of years later, I'll never forget this. When I worked at Def Jam, Island Def Jam, Lear Cohen, who a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know, he's yep. Russell's partner. He was, he was like, Legend. he was, like, my mentor. He was, like, my second dad. Um, um, yeah, he taught me a lot. He taught me okay. a lot. I mean, um I'm in an A&R meeting and before the A&R meeting, he would tell, he told me like, Hey, listen, you're in the big leagues now. If you don't like something, cause back then A&R meetings, you would go there and you'd, everybody would play their music. And it was like an unspoken law. Like, Hey, I got your back. You got my back. So they get their project signed to get their band signed. So you know what I mean? The artist signed, you everybody gets the back. But Lear was like, Hey, if you say something's good, I'm going to trust you. If it fails, I'm going to go to you and say, you said it was good. Fuck you. So don't let, if you don't like it, you say, I'm like, okay. I didn't get a lot of things signed because nobody, because I would be like, oh, this is whack. This sounds like this. But Lior taught me to never say, you know, just have my integrity. Well, my integrity is pretty much kind of like held me back, but I'm here with you guys because, you know, I'm kind of like really, really, um, grateful, and I'm saying this right now off the record, like the, like off topic, mm-hmm. that complex and other outlets. Like I'm a skate shop owner. Mm-hmm. I'm not a celebrity. I never got co-signed by another celebrity. I'm not some fucking Uber designer. I'm just a fucking dude, like every other fucking dude that owns a skate shop. But I guess my integrity and my my harshness and my just being blunt has put me to be sp- spoken about in other interviews and stuff because. You love me or hate me, you know what I mean? I just tell how it is. And yeah, I, I have things I've done where I'm kind of like a little bit embarrassed, but I'm not 
ashamed. I had long hair. I teased my hair. I wore fucking tight jeans. I used hairspray. I, you know, fucking, um, you know, sold rollerblades at my fucking first skate shop. There's things that, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? There's things that I, I'm not embarrassed of doing, but like when I look at things, what other people have done, like co-signing certain people and now they're kind of turning on them. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Five years ago, you're on this dude's dick. And now you're like, oh, I'm like, fuck, you're the problem. It's like, it's like the people that appease Trump. You know what I mean? Like, like now they're like, oh, well, well you're the ones that kind of like were stroking him. If you would have said, no, that's not right. And go, what 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 you really feel and that's my problem i guess you know what i mean um i think there's a lot of talented designers out there that need to get down with shoe design there's a lot of talented shoe designers out there yeah. i see kids coming in here and i'm like whoa man you're fucking mm. really good you know and it's like but they're not gonna get the chance unfortunately one thing you know? about dom I, I feel like you're not afraid like you said to say no and you even you've, you've posted about this a lot on social media even like your friends who quote unquote friends maybe who are trying to get sneakers from you and you are like no i'm not i'm not doing this for you i don't give a fuck i tell them no i've gotten into arguments i've gotten into like dude i've gotten into a fist fight over sneakers fuck, over sneakers wow with a friend who won, who won? Any sneaker? What sneaker? What sneaker though? <laughs> we Any, need do more. you remember the sneaker? <laughs> it, it was the um, it was the three bears. Oh, okay. That's such an awful shoe to get in a fight over. <laughs> Someone deserves to get punched for wanting that shoe. <laughs> the dude came in and wanted to buy like double, like uh, six pairs. You know, he wanted to buy all of them and then another mm. pair to flip. And I'm like, no, you're getting this. He's like, you know, fuck you, this and that, and he wouldn't take no. And then he he he. He like threw, he like knocked the shit off down on my shelf of the story. He's like threw everything down. And I'm like, yeah, no, hold on a second. And we went outside. I go, what the fuck is your problem? I said, you want these shoes? So I took one of the shoes and I grabbed them. I started beating him with the fucking shoe and I kicked him in the ass and he went flying into the street. And I threw just one pair. I just threw it at him. I said, get the fuck ever come back here again. You know? Was, was, um, was, was this you kicking Fran Elation's ass back in the day? No, I know. I know. I know he used to shop at Brooklyn Projects all the, and she used to shoot all the videos there. You know what I did also one time? I did this recently. It was the, the Concord Lowe's. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some kid found that I had a pair, I had a couple pairs and this and that. Truth be told, I had like two pairs, one for my business partner in New York and one was a size 13, mine. And he was bitching and I'm going to go on Twitter and da -da 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 -da, all this fucking stuff. So I was like, you know what, dude? I said, okay. I said, come, come, I'll give it to you. He was so hyped. He was on, he would hit me up and be, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. You know, he was like, but he talked so much shit for so much, so much fucking, so many weeks. He came to the back. We went to the backyard. I had the shoes, right? Pre-coming in, I doused them in lighter fluid. <laughs> and literally, I lit them on fire in front of him. And I go, there are your shoes. And he starts stepping on them and stuff like that. And they're all fucking, they started melting because it was like that patent leather. And I go, God, take them and get the fuck out of here. I just gave it to him, but they're all fucking burnt. In <laughs> It, it's the funny thing about SBs too, because there was this hype. In some ways, it feels like it was a burden to shop owners to have these things, you know, to have these items everybody wanted. Like you, you've told stories about, you know, someone pulling a gun out at a Diamond Dunk SB release. It's like oh, you, dude. you had these things, but people were it's, going crazy. I think 
I don't want to sound like like a like a straight up like a, like an old fogey or whatever you want to call it, but like I think a lot of um, I mean Melrose has turned into the wild wild west. There's people getting robbed and um, you know jumped for shoes all day long. I think a, a lot of the problem is the the hype on these shoes is so crazy that people can't afford it. So they're going to rob other people to get that clout because it's clout now. You know, when you're mm-hmm. showing on Instagram that mm-hmm. fake, it's fake clout. Like, oh shit, you got these crazy fucking shoes and you get like a thousand likes and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, it, it has become a burden. I think a, a big problem is also like when you start seeing these like resale shops that are like posting, I got these shoes and money and this and that. It's like, dude, you're just inviting. I've, I've heard mm-hmm. some resale shops have been robbed. A, a lot. Yeah, and you think they would learn a lesson, but they don't. They yeah. keep on doing and doing it. And I think that's a big problem because it's like it's like you have Fort Knox as far as like you know, Sean round two got decimated during the riots. You know what I mean? They took everything, and it was his customers, and they actually went back to resell it to him. Some of them, you know what I mean? Um, what do you do as a store owner when someone pulls out a gun at a sneaker lineup? I mean. You try to defuse the situation. I mean, now I have a gun. I have a lot of guns now because, you know, unfortunately, if it's going to be me or you over fucking sneakers, you better think about it. You know what I mean? You better think about it because it's not worth it's not worth my life. And I want to make sure it's, nothing's worth taking my life. Right. But for you, do you really want to get your fucking fucking face blown off for a pair of hundred dollars shoes? Because you know what I mean? I, I think it's I think it's stupid. I think that's why on certain hype releases, Nike. First of all, Nike has pushed, "Hey, no in-store releases. We want you to do raffles, mm-hmm. safer." You know, um, it, it. Hey, when these shoes come, it'd be suggested that you take them off-site and mail them to the people. I'm like, okay, um, you know, because it's so dangerous over shoes and. On one hand, it's great that the hype is there because you're making that money. On the other hand, it's like, wow, is it that unsafe to fucking... Have, it's, it's fucking shoes. And, and for people to, you know, act that way, it, it's just mind-blowing. It's it's really mind-blowing. Like, every day, somebody's getting robbed for their fucking shoes on Melrose. Every day. Crazy. And it's, it it like... It's just sad, you know what I mean. It's sad, but but because it's the I think it's the bots that make it harder. Because if it was resellers only and there was no bots, I think people would just like, oh fuck, I waited in line, I couldn't get her. I got my own, I got my pair set, I got an eight mm-hmm. instead of a thirteen. I could resell it, but I think the bots just take it eleven. People can't get it; they want it so bad, and the resellers get it, and they want they they get so greedy, which keeps the price up. But at the end of the day, it just. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just really, it's really weird time. And it's like, I, I mean, I'm scared when I drop my next collab at Nike, like what's it going to look like two years from now? It ain't going to be no fucking lineup. Cause right. after that diamond thing, that's when I, even back then they wanted to do like raffles, shops doing raffles. I was like, fuck raffles. I like the lineup. I want, I want to yeah. meet people, shake their hands. Mm-hmm. But yeah. after that, that debacle, yeah. and it's, it's, it's the customers too. It's like, you know, when, when, when I, Look, I've been to certain lineups for certain products, right? When I'm driving to a store and I see a line of like 100 people, my head, I'm like, what's the fucking chance of me getting a pair? There's 100 people. What's the chance of them having 100 pairs? I'm going home. But if you're an idiot 
and you see 500 people waiting in line for 100 pairs of shoes, 200 pairs of shoes, 300 pairs of shoes. That The diamond thing, there was only 100 pairs. There was 500 fucking people. Like, if you're an idiot to get on the back of the line mm-hmm. and think you're going to get a pair of shoes, you're, you're a fucking your time. moron. Yeah, yeah. You know? I know you have the the, the ramp out back. You have, yeah. like, ton of parties out there. I know you uh. mentioned... I know you mentioned Bieber and you mentioned Tom Cruise, but like, what's the most surprising celebrity that showed up to one of those backyard ramp parties? Surprising. Is Tom Cruise like, skating back there? No, Tom <laughs> Cruise never skated back there. Um, uh, Bieber has Justin Bieber, Chris Brown, um, Little Wayne, Little Wayne, of course. Uh, one of the most surprising, uh, Johnny Depp. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, Johnny Depp. Yeah. What was what was that like? Um, we had known each other in passing, literally in passing, um, for a long time. But when I say passing, I know he's like really good friends with a lot of my close friends. But we never. It was just, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like one of those. Mm-hmm. Same thing, with like a, like a, like a Brad Pitt or a George Clooney. It's like, what's up? Like like you know. Um, I, I can't even say they're acquaintances, but if I do see them, it's like, oh yeah, you're the skate shop mm-hmm. guy. What's going on? Da, da, da. But I remember uh, Depp's kid, Jack, was skating. And he would come in with his friends or his like driver. And I would like, you know, yeah, you know, I didn't know who he was. And then somebody told me, like, oh, it's Charlie Depp's kid. I'm like, oh, dope. You know, but that, you know, I you know, I'll take care of them, you know, and, like we would hang out and this and that. And then one day. There he is, Depp, without his kid. He's like, yeah, I just want to come in, you know, just kick it in the back, see what's really going on here. And I'm like, cool. He sits there rolling a cigarette. We're smoking. He's smoking a cigarette and fucking just talking about just music and skating and him hanging out with Krishna Soy back in the late 80s. And, wow. and yeah. you know, like, because he, he was been, you know, he'd been around that scene and it was so surreal. And he, he used to come like, and he brought his son and he would like, he would like eventually he said, Hey, can you help me build a ramp on my house? And I helped him build a ramp at his house. And then, you know, I would go there and have, he would have barbecues. I'm hanging out there to me, him and a bunch of other kids. And it's like, wow, this is fucking really weird. Um, <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? And then like soon after that, it was like Angelina Jolie came. She could skateboard. No, she came with her kids. Some of them, but here's a story though. It blew my mind. And I was like, whoa. So before Angel, when I had Brooklyn House, I used to sell graffiti stuff. Uh-huh. I used to sell spray tips and some paints some markers, books. And I was really down with the CBS crew. Um, Anger, Access, uh, yep. uh, all those dudes. Coffee. Um, and they used to come and they used to have this one girl with them all the time. Her name was Angie. Right, like you know, cute little like chola chick, you know, Dickies and you know, Dickies Adidas campuses, tank top, the name buckle belt, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And she was a writer, and uh, she would hang out with these other kids. And I'm like tripping out. This is the first time I, I really met celebrities at my shop. It was her, which I know who she was, but it was also like uh, Corin Nemec, who was Parker Lewis can't lose. Okay, he was a writer. With Stephen Dorff, 
and my friend Hartwell. These were all writers. I'm like, oh my God, these are dude, these are like from my time. It's like, holy shit, Parker Lewis is tagging, you know, doing graffiti in my backyard. Well, she came into the shop and she's looking at me in the backyard with her kids. She's like, she's like I know you. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, you know, I kind of know your ex-husband, like whatever. And it's like, she's like, no, 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 I know you. I, I used to, I used to, I can't, you, well, you have a shop across the street on this side, but down the block. I'm like, yeah, Brooklyn house. You used to sell graffiti stuff. I'm like, uh, yeah. She's like, I, did you have long hair? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I know you. I know you. I used to buy stuff from you. I'm like, I'm like, I don't understand. What do you mean you used to buy stuff from me? She's like, I'm looking at her. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're Angie. She's like, yeah. I'm like, but you weren't Angelina. She goes, no, Angie Voigt, my father's wow. name. I'm like, <laughs> Angie Voigt. Oh my God, I remember you now. She's like, yeah. She was getting like, up like that? She was getting up like that. Like, for real. She really? had a fucking stop. Angie Sinjoli was catching tags. And <laughs> I, I, I can't think of her name right now. I can't think of her name. Um, like what she was writing? What she was Pretend. writing, but she was part of the... She, would, she was hanging out of my shop for a whole summer, and then she got this big break doing uh, that, that, that HBO movie um, where she played that model remember her big breakout on hbo uh i don't remember the first the first one i remember is hackers uh, no she was in she was in this big other movie and i forgot what it was but like uh she, she just blew up after that and then after that it was like angelina jolie it wasn't angie Voigt anymore but she was hanging out she went to fairfax high it was like it was angie Voigt, and right. we were talking and i was like oh my god and then she started bringing up like hey have you seen this person have you seen that person what happened with this writer what happened with that writer like we're just talking about graffiti and it was so surreal i'm like <laughs> sitting here with angelina jolie talking about graffiti like what the fuck <laughs> like it's like are you fucking kidding me yeah the movie was called gia 1998 yes yes yeah. yes so th it, this is exact this is right she left to go do that and then you know we never saw you know she never i think hackers was before have you seen hackers dom i seen hackers okay that's an important she, movie yeah, but was she was she Angie White or Angelina Jolie? I'm not sure. Because back then she was Angie White. She mm. she didn't change her name. That was Angie Voigt. I think I think she used to write Void. Okay. V O I D. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna text you guys later. I'm gonna be like, yo, this is but it was so surreal because Angie Voigt, the fucking tagger, and like and the, the fact mm. that I knew but she remembered coming to my store like what the what the hell you know what i mean it's like it's just like you don't realize it until like when you're in it you're in it and that's like the one thing about brooklyn projects brooklyn house that me being a part of that la scene it's like it, it brought this culture to the west side you know what i mean it, it, it meshed all these cultures because i brought like 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 in the 90s all these skaters the costins like all yeah. of them you know they were using me to get, I would bring them into these red velvet rope clubs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like, you, mm -hmm. you know, the fucking weight. I would bring them in, and people, all the the the, the door people, like, dude, you can't roll up like eighteen dudes. Like, oh, this is pro skaters. And I would bring them in, and like, we were the only skaters in these fucking exclusive clubs. And and a funny story. Years later, after because me and Chad would go out all the time, and you know, Paris Hilton and this and that. You know, the whole story. We were like, we were staples in the Hollywood scene. Me and Muska, and. um, I remember we went to this one party at Hyde 
and mm-hmm. walked in and Rob Deerdeck was there. And this is when he started getting a little bit of fame at Robin Big. Mm-hmm. And he looked, he looked at me and Chad. He's like, he's like, hey, like, what are you guys doing in here? And me and Chad <laughs> looked at each other real high. We're like, what the fuck? Get the fuck. What are you doing here? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, we run this shit. We are only letting you let stay in here. Are you crazy? Me and Musket, like, he's like, what the fuck? And we just walked away. We're like, dude, did you really just ask us what we're doing in here? He's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, hello. You know what I mean? It was so, that was so fucking, that was fucking really funny, dude. Like, you need to have Musk on this show. Seriously. Yeah, let's do that. Him. If you could, yeah, if you could maybe. Send him a text and send Angelina Jolie a text. And we'll set <laughs> yeah. it all up. <laughs> yeah, why don't we get like, um, that'd be dope to get like celebrities. Tom like, Cruise, baby. We need to talk th- about the dunks. Yeah, but Musco, Musco, all kidding aside, Musco would be awesome. Oh, he would do it in a second. Awesome. I, I, I know he he's, dude, he's such an icon in, like, just yeah. by sneakers himself. Like, not Nike and everything like that, but. Yeah. Legend. When no. this comes out, we'll send it to him and then he'll definitely do it. Dude, yeah. I mean, this, what you guys are doing are just, it's just like, it's, it, I, I watch a lot of your, I watch a lot of these. I swear to God. I don't really Thanks, watch man. podcasts because. It's like, eh. but then I like mm. watching stuff, and then people start like name dropping me. I'm like, because people be like, yo, yeah, so and so drop your name. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. I'm like, you know, that's cool. You know, it's like, but it makes me like, uh, I guess it makes me feel good that people think of me in that, in that sense. I mean, I'm here with you guys. I mean, I, I, I love Complex. I love, I love the show. I love the magazine. I love the site. I mean, you guys have shown me love from way the fuck back so mm. it's like anything you guys need from me man i'm always fucking i'm always i'm always here for you guys dude so many great, great stories uh hope to see next time honestly i'm in la not i haven't been in la a lot but next time I'm in la it's long overdue that we chop it up please i'm here yes i'm here every day um and awesome. then i can't wait to share more projects with you guys as they come along like you know like yes. when the next Absolutely. shoe comes out i'm opening up in brooklyn and uh I'm hoping end of the year, but I've been saving dunks from 2005. Wow. Four, five. I'm going to open up and uh, I'm going to drop the craziest um, grails at box price. You know, so I got to figure out how I'm going to do that. But we'll um, be there. We'll be there. Yes. I hope. I hope. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hope uh, we'll do live and see all the shit show that after this COVID, you know, I'm trying to wait maybe after Corona so I can have a lineup. I want to have a lineup where I want to meet people and I want to meet people. I want to, I want to talk to people. I, I miss that. That's the one thing I miss. and I hate about the skate, about the sneaker culture now is like, you can't have a fucking lineup and actually talk to the kids on stage. Like right. the people that right. know that have lined up for shoes. I used to get fat South deli to come and cater them, like bring food for everybody waiting in a line. I, you know, we give them food and give them water and give them breakfast and donuts. I miss that. Cause now it's Definitely. like, it's, it's just become so unsafe and so fucking sad. It makes me yeah. really, really, really sad, you know, but better times ahead, you know? Definitely. And, and we'll chop it up, you know, every step of the way, especially 2022, you got the projects when we're in, when we are in LA, we'll link up and Dom, thank you so much again for taking the time. This was awesome. Appreciate I it. I appreciate man. it. You guys Thanks, stay Dom. safe. Um, uh, keep in touch. Yes. And um, I, again, I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. Like I no really, 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 I got a haircut for this fucking opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Love it. Thanks Thank so much, Dom. Dom. Thanks, Talk Dom. soon. Stay safe. I'll see you guys soon.
Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.